Welcome back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And we're pleased as punch to have our good old friend, Brett. Join us in episode 188 today, August 27th, 2020. We are actually going to jump right into our topic of the day, which is DC Fandom, which occurred last weekend and had all kinds of tantalizing tidbits to go over. So we thought it would be fun to be able to go through more of like the, the biggest announcements that happened during that time and kind of get our reactions and analysis of what's going on. And of course, we'll probably be doing the old tried and true round robin. So to just get things started, first of all, Bradley, welcome back to the show. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Well, Thank you very much, Russ. I know you and I uh, talk at least once a week, if not more, and uh, it's good to be back on the show, being able to share my thoughts with both you and Steve and all of the Joygasm listeners out there. Yeah, I can't remember if we've mentioned this on the program before, but Brad is one of the the friends that I tend to ping, um, like he said, weekly, sometimes multiple times a week, and uh, go over different types of announcements, press releases, just geek out over like the, the games that we're playing and movies that are coming out and that sort of thing. So he's definitely um, a staunch, I should, I should, I guess you could say a point of reference, a staunch point of reference. How's that? How do you, how do you like that job title there, Brad? You know, I, I've been called worse, so I'll take it. But uh, <laughs> as one of my point of references, Russ, I really need you to get through Ghost of Tsushima so I can talk about that ending. So yes. Um, yeah, chop, chop. Come on, man. Come on. I will I will have you know, I just made it to Act 2 last night, so I am making progress. <laughs> so at that rate, let's see. The game came out to carry the three. You'll be done at Christmas 2021. Gotcha. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. I, I require you to bite your tongue until then. <laughs> So uh, to kick things off here, uh, the first thing I thought would be fun to talk about is the Wonder Woman 1984 official trailer. We had the teaser trailer that came out earlier this year before all the craziness of coronavirus um, just completely devastated the, the theater business. And since that time, we really haven't had a whole lot come out. There was the poster that got released, but they did, in fact, show off the official trailer and so, um, Brad, let's just let's just kick it off to you first on this. What was your reaction to that particular trailer? Yeah, I was impressed. I uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it. Uh, you know, my 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 only concern is have we seen all of the big moments in the movie? But um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go back into the theater. Well, mentally, I'm ready. Physically, I'm not sure. But uh, so yeah, it, it was one that I. I definitely want to see it's got me excited uh i thought wonder woman was one of the better dc movies that's come out um yes. and this one absolutely looks like a good continuation with some of the same characters and you know kind of the same tone as the original wonder woman um you know i wasn't sure about Kristen wig as cheetah um still not sure we only got a, a quick snippet of her uh you know, in full cheetah mode in the trailer, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm excited. I, I am curious to see when it comes out. I found it fascinating. There was no date at the end. 
That's very true. And you're right. Kristen Wiig was uh, a choice that I was also surprised about. Steve, what did you think overall of the trailer and in particular that their choice of Kristen Wiig? Um, the, you know, the jury's out. I, I don't know much about her, so I don't make any decisions on whether, you know, I'm, I'm for it or against it, really. I mean, the way she, she her facial expressions are, she just seems like she's not really committed to be in the role in a way. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if that she's makes sense. She's got kind sense. of a demure vibe, I felt. At least yeah. that's what, what, what I got from it. It's almost like she's... Like the way she speaks in the trailer is, yeah, I want to be an apex predator and, and a villain. And the way her expression looks is if like she's being made to do this and it's against her will. So a little bit conflicting expression, but um, I mean, we'll see how it turns out. I, I can't wait for the movie. I, I think it was a little bit less charged than... Well, a teaser trailer was I mean, like a perfect teaser 10. was amazing. Yeah. That was, man, that's probably my favorite trailer of the year. Uh, but so, but yeah, I was definitely excited with this. I drug my wife out of bed, uh, to come see it on the, <laughs> what are you doing? we're going, we we're going, we to go see this. So, uh, yeah, no, that it was, it was definitely cool. Definitely cool. Yeah. I, I would say with Kristen Wiig, first of all, I'm a big fan of hers. I think that she is roaringly funny on SNL. Like all the stuff that she does. I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of her. I think she's got terrific comedic timing. And I've also liked some of the other movies that she, wasn't she in um, Bridesmaids? Yep. Is that right? Yep. I, I don't see those kind of movies, Russ. No, that's a, that's a good movie. <laughs> but uh, but when it came to, to like her acting chops and just what she's done, I'm, I'm a big fan. I think that this is going to be a, a creative challenge for her. I, or maybe it's not, and, and we're just not used to seeing her in this kind of role before. But I think that she has potential. Obviously, Cheetah is... I think she's kind of the, the character is the arch nemesis of Wonder Woman out of all the villains. I, I will be the first to admit I don't read the Wonder Woman comics. Therefore, I don't have um, deep knowledge of the canon. But I, I think it's, it's definitely, if not the arch nemesis, it's definitely one of the main villains that Wonder Woman um, has to come across. So I, for one, was happy to see more. I don't want to see any more, though. Right. That's very true. <laughs> Well, I, I saw the ride the lightning. I saw her kicking some butt. I saw her, you know, take down Cheetah at one point. Um, I think that's good enough. <laughs> what were you going to say, Brad? I was just going to say, well, close your eyes until October 2nd, because that is the release date that is currently listed on oh. the Internet. So uh, they do have a date out there. Um I'm in California. I don't really see any chance the movie theaters are open by October 2nd. But yeah. We'll see. Maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe they'll have it as a on-demand like they have with Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> I'm going to watch that, by the I way. I am, too. What were you going to say, Brad? I was just going to say, that's a bigger, bigger conversation about the future of movie theaters. Oh, and, yeah. You know, using the on-demand. It, it's weird to me, like, New Mutants comes out tomorrow, right? Or by mm. the time you're hearing this, New Mutants is out in theaters. You know, the movie that's taken that. four years to come out. And they're not putting it on Disney Plus or, you know, Disney Plus Plus, like they're doing with Mulan in a couple weeks here. So... I don't know. I, I don't understand what does get the on-demand, what doesn't. You know, it, it's I'm confused. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And I don't think you're the only one. I think there are a lot of us who are confused just as much. One of the other things I thought is worth mentioning is that Wonder Woman's armor looks amazing. When she swoops in, she's got that kind of like golden eagle armor and the wings come off and stuff. I'm a huge fan when it comes to thoughtful wardrobe styling and that sort of thing. <laughs> Man, that looked really cool. And of course, Gal Gadot. I mean, she just looks awesome. She got presence, yeah. So, um, so bouncing off of that and pivoting over to uh, a game that we were very curious to find out more information on, which is Gotham Knights. Now, mm. this is a title that... Uh, Warner Brothers Montreal have been working on for quite some time. They've been a little, um, I don't know what the word is. Like, like, like they've, they've kind of doled out a little bit of stuff over the past year maybe, or so. Maybe mum is the word. Well, they, yeah, they've been mostly mum. But like, if you recall, like remember they had that one Twitter um, post where it was like, a bunch of icons of like owl faces or something like, yeah. like they, they were really kind of pushing that whole court of owls thing. And then they kind of went quiet for a while. Well, they ended up having a gameplay demo, which I was really happy to see. And you can tell clearly it's, it's Rocksteady's engine, but it's not Rocksteady itself. And so going back to you, Steve, uh, what were, what were your impressions of Gotham Knights? I, was not as excited as I thought it was going to be. I think it's a great concept. I am looking forward to it. I, I was hoping there would be kind of more of a graphics boost. I would say it's still a good looking game. It's still a good. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's still a good looking game. It doesn't, but it still looks like it's on current gen. Well, and I think didn't it say it was it was either pre alpha footage or alpha and might, footage. And I think I think they did say it was like yeah. pre alpha footage. Yeah. Um. So. It'll maybe, get it'll get the spit shine later. Yeah, on. maybe we'll get some some polish on there. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get some some more Bruce Wayne surprises later on. Maybe I mean they they show he wasn't dead. It just showed him like hit the message saying that he was. So um, yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. I I want to I want to play some Robin. <laughs> oh, some Robin. <laughs> some Robin. <laughs> what about you, Brad? What did you think of the trailer? Yeah, I, I agree with Steve. I think it looks fun. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed all of the Arkham games, um, and I'm ready for a new one. So I think that, uh, you know, WB Montreal, um, hopefully they, they've learned from, uh, what was the other one they did? Origins? Arkham Origins. Arkham yeah. Origins, yeah. So hopefully they've learned some lessons. I mean, that one was okay. It just, it didn't hold up to the Rocksteady games. Um so I'm hopeful that they've, they've come up with it. You know, my big concern when I see games like that is, is it going to be a Destiny style? You've got to have four people to get the full experience, you know. So that's the piece I'm curious to learn over time. You know, because I, I play 99% of my games solo. You know, yeah. is that going to be an issue with a game like that? Yeah. Yeah, I think when it comes to it, it's interesting to me because it, it's very much a continuation of how Arkham Knight left off. If you recall, when he defeated the Scarecrow, Batman then all of a sudden was in this, this position where he detonated Wayne Manor with him in it. And so the the idea behind the narrative is that Bruce Wayne uh, slash Batman has died. Although I'm calling it right now, I think... Batman comes back at the end of this game because to me, it makes no sense to like have that become 
part of the video game canon. Like you're really, you're an off Batman. He's never going to come back in the games again. (laughs) So I do think that, that, that there will be kind of a change up. I do think it's interesting how they, they are focusing on the characters, Batgirl, Robin, Nightwing and, and Red Hood, all of which were playable to a certain extent in the Batman Arkham Knight game, which I thought was great because it made for a more rich playing experience, even though you headlined as Batman. It's interesting now when you look at Gotham Knights, how they've taken Batman out of the equation. And so now you have this type of experience. Now, the one of the things that I think, uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought the co-op in this game was only two players. Did they say it will eventually have four players? Because I know the Rocksteady title is going to have four-player co-op. But I thought I heard the folks over at WB Montreal say that this was one or two players. Did you hear anything about that, Steve? I have not. So, oh, did you, did you hear anything about that, Brad, or not? No, I was just going to say I haven't heard that. But, you know, WB Montreal did come out about four or five days ago and said that Gotham Knights is not in the same universe as the Arkham series. So this oh. is not a sequel to Arkham Knight. It's not a continuation. It's not It's not in that same universe. Um, so, you know, we'll see. It, it allows them to do some different things, like maybe actually kill Batman and, you know, leave it up to the family to see what they can come up with. That's interesting that they said that because... In the trailer itself, that was kind of like the way they teed off the entire trailer was reminiscing back on how Bruce Wayne Batman has died. And that was definitely like at least some of the, the visual imagery really was in that same type of vein. So it's that that is news to me in terms of, of how they're they're taking on more of a parallel storyline or universe, so to speak. Um yeah. Definitely different. It says, and here's the exact quote, is uh, Gotham Knights is an original story set in DC's Batman universe and not connected to the Arkham series. Oh, there you go. Despite picking up in a similar place to where Arkham Knight left the Arkhamverse, Gotham Knights will start something new. Okay. Well, then that is going to be interesting to see, like, maybe that does in fact free them up. Maybe that type of approach will in fact be just strictly the, the four if they, if they decide to keep a Batman dead. I still think though, there might be some sort of opportunity or something like, like like toward the end or something, Batman's going to make some sort of grand reveal. And then perhaps you'll be able to play as him in like new game plus mode or something. I, I don't know. Maybe it's wishful thinking on my part, but that's kind of the, the thinking that that came across uh, my noggin when I was watching it, but well, I'll um, tell you what: pull out fourteen ninety nine for DLC, and I'm sure they'll put a Batman skin out there for you. <laughs> and I will buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to talk uh, quickly about the graphics engine of the game, as well as some of the the overall like presentation and and per, like just personas of the characters. I think that they have a really good system going on in that Rocksteady is clearly sharing its older game engine with WB Montreal. And you see it in this game. This game clearly is working off the Batman Arkham Knight game engine. And I think that's a very good thing. I think it's a great thing. 
I am also really happy with a lot of the visuals in the game, like seeing Batgirl on her bike as she's racing around in Gotham. You can see there are actually normal pedestrians and people in the world. So they've decided to flesh that out more because if you recall in Arkham Knight, they had all evacuated. So all that was left were just the criminals and the hoodlums and stuff and the villains. And I liked the idea of Mr. Freeze with how he had some sort of device that was slowly causing the, the city of Gotham to freeze over. And, and a lot of the, the environmental visuals were really cool where you saw these huge ice glaciers that were crashing down and stuff. I, I, I was digging. I was like, yeah, this, this is cool. The one thing, and I think I may have mentioned this to both of you is I feel like some, some of the VO needs some refinement, um, particularly with, Batgirl because Barbara just her, her, the tone of her voice, like as she's witnessing the stuff going on around her, she just doesn't sound impressed or scared or concerned or stressed. Um, and, and to, for me personally, I feel like that kind of pulls me out of the moment because here I am watching what's going on on screen and I'm impressed. I'm like, Whoa, this is, this is pretty serious. And I really want that to be reflected in the characters themselves, especially considering that the narrative is taking the standpoint that Batman, who is their cornerstone, has been taken out. And so now they're having to step up and the mantle of responsibility is now squarely on their shoulders where they cannot rely on Batman. Therefore, I would really like to to hear some of the perhaps self-doubt or the, the worries some of... Um, the notion that that they're going up against Mr. Freeze, something to that effect. In fact, do you agree with that, Steve? I would. I would go further to say maybe if they didn't say the exact same things with with every scene. Well, let me just explain it this way. Like you play the game once, and then they say certain things, right? And then you want to play it again. You're a certain, you know, another playthrough, or you die. And you have to redo the same thing you just did. Right. If they say the exact same things. In the exact same sequences, the exact same style, I think that would get get old quick. Um, I think it the the the, the second playthrough or, or what have you would not be as fun. Like yeah. if 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 they had the the voiceover actress say it one way, and then maybe you know she said it, and and that some gamers liked it that way, and then another way she goes, "Man, that was close," or that you know, whatever happened with that? Yeah, and she says something maybe different or more clever or sarcastic or uh, concerned or something like that. And then I, I could see a, de- a definite variety there. But if she said the exact same thing, like I've played games where like you're fighting a boss and the, and you, you die and you die again and you die again and you die again. And you have to restart a ton of times and they say the exact same thing. And then it gets really old. And you just want to turn them off. Mm. So, I understand what you're saying. I and I just hope that they gave these these actress actors and actresses like different lines to say. So um, if if you play through it again, you can get like a different experience. Well, and I think that they probably will have a lot of recordings of the actors saying the same lines just in different ways. But Brad, I think um, when it comes to the delivery of those lines, it's almost like it's it's like I kind of uh, make the equivalent to if you were to see like a, a skyscraper, like, like for instance, let's say for instance, uh, you're in Beirut and uh, you're, you're there during the unfortunate time that that building exploded. And instead of being like, oh, it's happening. 
ah, you know, or, or whatever it is. Instead, you go, oh, well, I guess they're going to have to clean that up. You know, it's like like that. There's a complete <laughs> disconnect in terms of what you just witnessed versus your response. I mean, are you? Um, did you pick up on that at all in the game? We saw a four-minute trailer with a handful of lines. I I didn't pick up on it. You know. I'm still trying to, I'll, I'll wait to see more before passing judgment on that one. Um, you know, so we'll see, we'll see. I, yeah, I just don't know that we've seen enough to, to really know that they need to go back to the drawing board, re-record or anything like that. Yeah. And i the main point was, was just that refinement or being more mindful of some of that stuff. And obviously this is an early build. So yeah, I totally agree. The The jury is totally out. That was just one of the minor critiques I had in an otherwise really strong presentation. I, I'm, I for one, am looking forward to playing it and picking it up. And I think you guys are too. Absolutely. And it was a surprise. I, you know, we knew it was coming. We knew it was Court of Owls, but I think we all expected, especially knowing that Rocksteady was releasing a Suicide Squad game I think we were all expecting that the WB Montreal game would feature Batman. You know, it's how bizarre is it if you really sit and think about it that we got two games by WB Montreal and and Rocksteady and neither one of them you play as Batman. Right. Very different indeed. And I think when it comes to that, I wonder if that is the result of a lot of the online social media feedback that the studios have been receiving because apparently there is kind of a growing number of people who are getting Batman fatigue. And so like they're, they're saying, Oh, you know, we need to play as somebody else or whatever. And so I don't know if that is in fact what influenced their decisions on, on how they wanted their games to, to come across, but it is, yeah, you bring up a, a good observation as to how both studios are taking their approach to the, uh, the world that has Batman in it, but leaving Batman on the sidelines. So let's pivot over to justice league Snyder cut. And Brad, I want to go back to you again, because we <laughs> did talk a little bit about this earlier in the week. So let's hear from you again. What, what was your response to the justice league Snyder cut? You know, I, I don't need to watch and I'm going to try to keep it a little cleaner than my, I think what my <laughs> comments were to you when we talked, but a uh, a four hour Snyder cut, really, yeah. really? Do we need? Who asked for that? Right? Who asked for that? Um, man, I am just I am over Zack Snyder. You know, I know there's the internet fanboys who are all over the guy. And, oh, the reason Justice League sucked is because he had to leave three quarters of the way through. No, it sucked because he's Zack frickin' Snyder. His <laughs> movies haven't been good. You know, it, it's, man. Anyway, I'm going to stop there. I'll let somebody else jump in before I complain about the guy for an hour. Um, well, and I, I think that Brad makes a good point, Steve, <laughs> about how the, the movie itself is is reportedly four hours long, which I believe isn't the Lord of the Rings extended version. It's about three hours. Is it three hours long? Because yeah. I thought it was four hours. I think it's, it's I, three, I, three and change. Well, I, I think uh, maybe, uh, you know, the uh, Return of the King may have pushed four hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're splitting this up into four one-hour, um, uh, uh, you know, mini-movies or whatever you want to call it on HBO now. 
Um, you know, the, the guy just needs to get over himself. Um, you know, using the, the hallelujah from, from oh, Watchmen, yeah. you know, the, the song that everybody during Watchmen rolled their eye. Um, and he uses it during the trailer. I mean, he takes the same freaking version yeah. out of his Watchmen movie, which was awful compared to the TV show that just aired this past year, which was one of the best pieces of TV ever produced. You know, he produced this garbage movie. He takes the song right out of the middle of it and puts it over his, his Snyder cut. Ugh. Enough. Enough with the whatever. <laughs> what I'm do you think, Steve? Stop. Yeah, I, I didn't know if I should be excited or not. I mean, when I think back with the Justice League movie, I didn't really care for it. And then so he, we thought it was actually there were things about it that were OK. We thought the, the main villain was completely forgettable. But I think that you, that that we were talking about how we enjoyed some of the chemistry between the characters. We right? enjoyed some of the chemistry, but I think I gave that movie like a two and a half or maybe yeah, like a two. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't even a three star, and I haven't been interested in even going back and watching it all over again. Um, so it, it, the movie was definitely passable uh, for me. I didn't. I don't regret seeing it, but I just don't care to see it again. And so when they said, "Oh, here's the Zack Snyder cut," and I, I kind of thought. I don't know as much as you you both do about Snyder, but I remember him being part of the other movie, and I thought, okay, is this supposed to be a good thing? Because I didn't really... I remember he was part of the other movie, and I, had, I didn't remember it him being... or doing that great of a job. And so then I saw it, and I'm listening to this song, and I'm going, is this is this going to be funny? Or is this going to be some stupid humor? Is this going to be... Like, what, what, do I, what am I watching here? What exactly am I watching? And, I mean, some of the scenes that they showed were kind of cool, but, I mean, I don't know if I have four hours of my life to give that, I mean, I'm definitely not going to watch it on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I might rent it if it's on Netflix or something, but um, it was hard to to, to jump around with that. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, isn't didn't they show like more of Cyborg in that one? In the 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 new yeah, version or the well, old version? The the new version. There were, I he, think they had yeah they had a little bit more of Cyborg that they were showing and it's probably part of the. the I wonder if, if they're gonna have some more of his backstory because they just threw him in that Justice League movie. And yeah, it'd be nice to, if they had more of him in there. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. I I I won't be hurrying to watch it, but I'll I'll definitely see it if it's on Netflix. But. Yeah, I think when it comes to to Zack Snyder, so like I mean I I, th- I believe if I remember correctly, he was the director of Three Hundred, right? Yep, yep, yep. So I, I you know I liked Three Hundred. I thought that was a very entertaining movie. And Brad, you and I spoke over the phone earlier this week about how he really caught Warner Brothers and DC's attention after he directed Man of Steel, but it wasn't just Zack Snyder that he was actually coming in as a bit of a newcomer to the DC world. And Christopher Nolan was the executive producer of man of steel. You had David Goyer, who I'm a big fan of. He does a lot of great writing. If you, he was, he was the writer on the blade movie trilogy and stuff. I mean, he's, he is very entrenched in the comic book world. And so having that team together, I think worked really well. And then all of a sudden it was like, now they're using Zack Snyder as this, front runner for yeah, pretty on, much almost every DC yeah. type of thing, which is interesting because when you, to be fair, like he didn't direct Aquaman. That was by a different director. He didn't direct right. wonder woman. That was Patty Jenkins. So really, I mean, he's re- he's directed like Batman versus Superman. He did man of steel and then he went into the JLA and then he had to drop out for personal reasons. And so what's interesting to me is that he has then 
due due to the JLA, he did get the the opportunity to pull in and work with the characters of Aquaman, Wonder Woman, get Cyborg in there. It is interesting to me that Green Lantern was uh, absent during that entire thing, which if here, you know what? As I'm saying this, a little thought, a little idea just popped in my melon. What would cause me to want to see that movie, the four-hour version, is if that hour that they added to it was actually putting the Green Lantern in. Like, that would actually be like, oh, wow. Like, now you have the official jail. Well, that's not even true. I, you know, I, I can't say that because Martian Manhunter is not in there. I think he's a part of the JLA. But in terms of the ones that are, that are the most well-known, you know, you had your Flash, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Aquaman, Thor. Just kidding. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm totally with you, Brad. I think that in terms of the way that they marketed and advertised it, you can tell that Snyder's ego is, I think, getting way too much in the way. And honestly, I think the energy is probably better served working on the sequel. If they, I don't even know if they are working on it. I assume they're working on a JLA 2. Yeah, so here, here's my honest, you know, non- uh, non-pissed off thought on that. The only reason that movie is happening is because of COVID, right? So everything shut down. A lot of movies that were being filmed have been delayed, pushed back, you know, you name it. All of that's been going on because of COVID. So I think studios looked at it and went, gee, where, where could we put some money to get something new out there, you know? And then you couple that with the launch of the new, uh, the new HBO app, uh, where they're putting all of the content on there. Hey, this is something we can also put on there to drive some additional eyes, drive some additional uh, subscriptions to the uh, the HBO Max. So I, that is some good perspective. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that I think you're on to something there, Bradley. I, I have my moments, and you know the other thing that makes me laugh. And this will be my last comment on on the Snyder cut. Is they call it a Snyder cut, like he's picking up scraps off the floor and putting them together. They're putting fifty million dollars into the Snyder Cut. There's reshoots. There's they're adding a new uh, antagonist. You know. Oh wow. This is this is not just you know taking out the scraps and rebuilding it into what his original vision was. This is like an HD remake. So you mean to tell me that they're not just taking out the CG mustache removal scenes of soups? (laughs) Uh, You know, I heard they're actually going to take his pants off, so you'll be able to see his buns of steel. So there you go. (laughs) Buns of steel. As you watch him as he squishes a grape between him. Do it again. So let's pivot off from that over to the Suicide Squad cast trailer. This is the movie trailer. I was also very curious about this just because as soon as James Gunn was attached to the project yeah, to set the stage. And this is, this is a stage that I think um, fans of Joygasm are pretty already much aware of how Steve and I, and really uh, I believe Brad, you do to a certain extent, our stance on the, on the first suicide squad movie was that it was garbage. It really That's wasn't very terrible. good at all. Yeah. Margot Robbie was like the one awesome thing about it. Everything else was just, it didn't work. It didn't fly. It, it was definitely nowhere near as good as like the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy or man of steel or any other ones. So it's interesting to me that James Gunn 
um, is now kind of a, a free agent of sorts where he's working on a Guardians of the Galaxy sequel for the MCU. And now he's stepping into the, the DCU, so to speak. And he, I mean, j- just to kind of set this up, they didn't actually show any kind of narrative of the film. It was literally more of like kind of a roll call. And there are a lot of folks in here. Of course, Margot Robbie is making her return. In fact, she's the only one I believe from the original suicide squad movie that is reprising her role as Harley Quinn. And I also think what's, what's really interesting is that they were very vocal about saying how this is in fact a reboot. This is not a sequel to the original Suicide Squad. This is literally like, okay, let's start over. Let's try this again. I know it hasn't been that long, but we knew the movie sucked. Here we go again. There are some notable um, actors in here. Um, Idris Elba, who Steve, you're a fan of. I'm a fan of. Um, I think Brad is also a fan of. Um, he's in it. I think it's great. You have John Cena, which John I mean, Cena. he has surprisingly good comedic timing. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes through with it. Um, Viola Davis is in it. Michael Rooker, who is an alum from the Guardians of the Galaxy, if you recall, uh, he had the he had some of the best lines <laughs> in out of like all the the Marvel movies where, like. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Like that was like one of the the best lines ever, and I think only he could deliver the that line in that f- type of fla- f- fashion. You have many other folks in here um, who, I mean, Nathan Fillion is in there. Brad, I know you're you're a big Nathan fan, aren't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he was in Firefly, one of the best TV shows ever. Taika Watiti is in it. Um, there, and, and for those of you who are unfamiliar with who that guy is, I mean, he's a, a rapidly rising star within Hollywood. He's a movie director. He actually directed Thor Ragnarok. He was in Thor Ragnarok. He was in the, you are very correct. Um, so overall, I, I, I actually have not counted how many people, what have we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 14, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. <laughs> it looks like there are probably 21 people on the suicide squad roster. So clearly a huge motley crew as opposed to what they started out with in the older film. And honestly, I think this is right up James Gunn's alley. I think that if there's anyone who could salvage this as a franchise and actually make it into something that people will, will look at as potentially one of the strongest DC films, I think it's him. And so therefore I'm very much looking forward to seeing when the, uh, the, the official teaser trailer as it, as it applies to the narrative comes out. What say you Bradley? No, I, I agree. I thought the, uh, you know, the three minute uh, kind of behind the scenes looked great. Um, you know, we still don't know who Taika Waititi's playing. Um, so curious to see if he is the uh, antagonist or playing somebody else. There are a few, you know, other people who did come back from the first. You know, Joel Kinnaman as uh, as Rick Flag, um, Jay Courtney uh, as Captain Boomerang, and then Viola Davis, who you mentioned before as uh, as Waller. You know, they right. were all all four of those were in the original. Um, so I'm excited to see. You know, I'm excited to see it. You know, I the the first one drove me nuts because I felt like there was a good movie in there. It just you know somehow it got bastardized and never quite came out. Um, but uh, somewhere in there was a good movie. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I that was one that uh, definitely caught my attention. I am looking forward to it. 
Um, you know, big Taika Waititi fan. I can't wait to see what uh, what he does with whatever character he's playing. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it, I think you're right. I think James Gunn could save it. I think with with his with his humor. I think you have to have a little bit of humor with a movie like Suicide Squad. I don't think it could be like a gritty movie like you know The Batman. I think you have to have it uh, be a little bit playful, but. It's almost like as if the Guardians of the Galaxy went villain. <laughs> yeah, kind of, sort of. No, but I mean, the cast is good. I I, uh, I can't wait to see a full-blown trailer. I just, I, I can't stop giggling at, um, they're, they didn't acknowledge it, but it's almost like they said it without saying it, that the last movie was horrible and <laughs> the majority of people thought so, and so they're just going to quickly reboot it because now is like a good time, I guess. So, um, I mean, that, that's kind of like the high and low of my, my opinion of it. I, I was pretty stoked to see um, them talk about the movie, and, and, um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to, to more. Now, if we go back into the gaming world, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is the new official title by Rocksteady, and we have been waiting a long time. It's, it's been five years since Batman Arkham Knight came out. They finally came out with the reveal at DC Fandom of their new game, there had been a lot of rumors swirling leading up to this point. I know one of the more prominent rumors was that people were starting to guess that they were working on a Superman game. And even though that is not necessarily the case, Superman is in fact in their game <laughs> and a little bit different than how we tend to, to see soups. But I would like to ask you, Steve, because I don't think I've talked to you really at all about your reaction to this particular game. What What did you think based off the trailer? Uh, you know, I, I'm not too hip on all the names of, of all the, the people that were <laughs> shown in the trailer. And they didn't show any gameplay. It was just that, that cinematic Correct. trailer, which was, you know, I, I, I get it. I mean... I don't have to see gameplay with every single trailer. It would just be nice. But, but I think you bring up a good point in terms of the fact that they've had five years of development time. They could have at least shown pre-alpha gameplay. And yeah. I'm, I'm starting to hold these AAA studios more to the fire with that, especially after seeing Dark Myth Wukong, where we saw, like, what was it? Like a 15 or 20 minute long about, yeah, about, uh, gameplay about 15, yeah. trailer that was pre-alpha. Anyway, continue. Right. So, uh, I mean, it, it was fine. It, it was what it was, though. I mean, I mean um, you had them kind of joking about bantering and wondering who they're going to assassinate. You're like, oh, okay, I'm going to be assassinating people or killing good guys or what am I going to be <laughs> doing here? And uh, all of a sudden you see soups and, you know, he just lasers somebody's brains out. You know, and they're like, oh, so man. messed up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't expect that at all. And so I thought, man, well, how are we going to defeat Superman? I mean, how's Harley Quinn going to defeat Superman? I really don't know. Yeah. It kind of makes me wonder if you're going to have to play, like you must play multiplayer in order to accomplish that. I just don't see it happening if if you're single player, you know, soloing it and um, you're Harley Quinn and you're baseball batting grenades to Superman, how that's really going to you know, cause them to got to find some kryptonite stop and scratch. Yeah. Got to find some <laughs> kryptonite. <laughs> kryptonite. So Bradley, Steve brings up a good point in the sense that they, that the trailer itself didn't show any gameplay footage, but it did show a very impressive pre-rendered cinematic that actually had a lot of personality to it. It, it, it disclosed the relationship between the various characters in their depiction of the suicide squad. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I'm excited to see what this game turns into. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm surprised it's not further along because they have had five years to work on it. Um, so I did expect, you know, I expected a little more from the reveal uh, and I didn't expect a 2022 release date to drop at the end. Yeah. yeah uh, and when it like, says 2022, let, let's all just lay it out now. That means 2023. I mean, we're, we're yeah. three years out from playing this game. Um so I, I'm curious to see how the story is going to play out because th this one is in the Arkham universe. So, you know, kind of following Arkham Knight, you know, so is it going to be something where a DC character like Brainiac has taken over the um, uh, taken over the Justice League? And, you know, that's why the Suicide Squad's being called in. You know, what what's the reason going to be? What's the story going to be? Because you. You can't have you, you can't have the Suicide Squad kill all the uh, all the Justice League folks. Um, I, I don't see it playing that way. So I'm curious to see how the story explains it. But uh, yeah, I, I'm excited about it. You know, it's funny. I got a feeling uh, watching the uh, the cinematic trailer. It really reminded me of Sunset Overdrive. Yes. Um, you know, yeah, that was sorta. you know during during the big action scene. I'm like, oh man, this feels like it's right out of Sunset Overdrive. Um, so I'm excited. I, I think it looks great. I'm gonna play it. Um, you know, it's got me curious. It it, it teased me appropriately. Um, so I think to that end it, it worked well. <laughs> yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I, I had it written down that that was one of the the feelings or or reactions I had from the trailer itself is that I was getting Sunset Overdrive vibes. And I think it was mainly because it was broad daylight. So no moody darkness or nighttime or anything like that. You had actually a lot of bright colors, a lot of neon colors, especially from Boomerang, because he had uh, what appeared to be some kind of uh, teleportation blink ability thing in addition to his actual physical boomerangs. But like his, his weaponry and the way he was dressed was very colorful. And even the villains that... The, the villains that they were fighting in Metropolis are Brainiac's minions. He has like these weird uh, cybernetic uh -oh. okay. looking alien creature things. And so it was interesting as they were fighting them, how, you know, you see like this purple goop kind of splurred out and it totally reminded me of sunset overdrive. When you take out like the, the crazy creatures that are drinking the, whatever kind of soda pop concoction they were drinking. And I think they were oozing orange, like neon orange, but Anyway, I, I think it's interesting that, that you had that same type of response. But I do like that they have, I mean, they, they were very quick to say, this is not in Gotham. This We are now in Metropolis. Right, right. And th and that's a, that's a welcome departure, in my opinion, for Rocksteady because they have been in Gotham for a long time. This is a, an opportunity for them to stretch their, their legs creatively. And once again, the fact that they have the JLA in this is a tantalizing notion because it's Rocksteady who's the developer of this. I cannot wait to see how this game is going to be because it honestly, I think it's going to be awesome. I think I think I think it's it's really, um, it's ballsy for them to have this type of approach where they they literally have free reign from DC where they could have created a JLA game. Period. Where you could play as Superman, you could play as Batman, you could play as Aquaman or Wonder Woman or Flash or Green Lantern or Cyborg, and they didn't go that route. They they instead they said, 
what if we gave the players the only option of playing as villains? And oh, by the way, these are just normal human villains from pretty much the Batman world with the exception of um, the, the King Shark character. And I don't know. I, I think that that is really cool because that once again, that puts a big creative challenge on their shoulders to see if they can deliver that. And it's going to be interesting to see really like, like how the whole thing plays out. What were you going to say, Steve? So I was going to say, uh, I'm, I think they decided to go with Metropolis because if they went back to Gotham and we already have a, a game in Gotham and there would have been some redundancy there. Um, but I also think that uh, they probably had that thought of you could play anybody in the JLA, but then you would be also thinking about the Snyder cut <laughs> and the JLA there. And then you would have another JLA in the video game, which had absolutely nothing to do with uh, each other. And so that would also be some redundancy. And so being that the suicide squad was a behind the scenes trailer and not a full fledged trailer. I think they had the, that Liberty to go, you know what, let's just do this. Maybe it might create some, some excitement with the upcoming movie too. And, um, you know, I, that that's, they, they probably spoke with, with DC with it and, and uh, that was probably the, the best way to go. I, I that, that's that's what I think. Yeah, and, and there are some other notes that, that are worthy of mention. First of all, they were talking about how this Metropolis setting is, in fact, open world. So, like, for instance, right now, we've all been playing Ghost of Tsushima. It's, it's going to be in that same type of open world style, which has me personally excited because I really liked how they continued to expand during the Arkham series, how they went from Arkham Asylum to Arkham City to then Arkham Knight and how Gotham was just this fully realized area. It was fantastic. I also think it's really cool how they have come out and said, this is for PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. This is not considered a last-gen or current-gen title. That makes me very excited because that means that you know they're going to be tapping into all that Unreal has to offer because that's that's the, the game engine that they work in is Unreal. So ray tracing goodness, all of the high poly awesomeness. I mean, I, I really am excited to see what, what, they, what they come up with. As previously mentioned, too, they were talking about how you can either play this game completely solo. You don't have to have anyone else come and join you. So you can play and, and I imagine they probably have a gameplay mechanic where you can probably in real time switch between characters because it's like squad based combat or something. Yep. yep. Or what was that, Brad? I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. They mentioned that you can kind of swap on the fly. Yeah. And then the, um, the other option is that you can have up to four players play co-op with you through the game. And Oh, by the way, you can jump in and out at any point in time. So like Steve, if you're playing game solo and I happen to log on, I see you playing and I ping you and go, Hey, do you mind if I join you? And you're on like, I don't know, let's say you're 32% of the way through the game, but I'm not, it doesn't matter. You, you say, yeah, sure. And then all of a sudden I, I hop in, Brad can hop in as well. And we can jump Brad's out anytime. Brad's not going to hop in. Let's just oh, I'm, not. He, I'm not. Brad, I'm, Brad I'm, will I'm hop. Not. Nope. <laughs> no hopping. I, Not I only play, will Brad hop, he'll skip and jump as well. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I play games at the opposite time of the day as you guys. I, I'm in bed <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night, so I'm old. man. Uh, I think one of the big questions that we all have with this game is, will there be an opportunity to actually play as the heroes who are mm. decidedly uh, under the... Uh, influence of Brainiac. Mm, I hope not. Doubt it. Even Don't in a new to. game plus mode? Mm, maybe in nope. DLC mode. Okay. <laughs> but that's, I, I, that's intriguing to me to hear you guys say that. So very, very cool. Um, 
Brad, just to kick it over to you briefly before we go to the next part. So what are, I mean, like, do you like the idea that they have with their approach to just being these mortal villain characters that, that you get to play? Do you feel like you're going to miss out on the opportunity to play as some of these meta humans or not? No, I have enough games where I get to walk around like a God, you know, no, I'm, Fine, And I guarantee, even though these are, are squishy beings that we're going to get to play as, they're still going to be invincible. It's going to be fine. I do think that you bring up something that's interesting about that with regards to the squishy characters, because when I think of going up against any one of the members of the JLA, that is go- it, it's going to mess with my mind, first of all, which I think is really cool. And also, like, any type of encounter that I have with any of these characters, you're going to be like, oh, crap, because <laughs> you know, like, the abilities that they have versus what you have. And I thought that kudos should be given to Rocksteady in terms of the trailer because I love the comedic timing and the personality that came out during that. I mean, the way that, that they ended it where Boomerang's coming over. And he's like, ah, oh, so who are we kidding next? And they all kind of like dreadfully point up and he looks over and he's like, ah, and then like it cuts out right there with a snapshot. I-, I thought it was great because out of all the characters he sees, it's not Batman who's also like crazy tough. It's not Wonder Woman. No, no, it's like DC's most powerful hero, Superman. <laughs> so to go on from there and go back into movie land, the Batman trailer. Uh-huh. We have been wondering what they have been working on with this particular film. And we finally got the official teaser trailer. Um, we, I'm, I'm curious to know when they're going to drop the, the official trailer. But Steve, let's kick it over to you. What, what did you think of the Batman trailer? I was into it until I started showing some of my friends. And then they started saying, you know what? He's, his voice sounds like Batman or Bat Dad or and then they started showing me all these clips uh, of people trying to do like the the Batman oh, I'm, I'm I'm going to be there you know what are you doing and I'm like and then I watched the clip again and now I can't get it out of my head oh and so. <laughs> Are you talking about the scene where he says, I'm vengeance? Yes, which I totally got goosebumps. The first time I watched it, I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? He totally like ground and pounds that dude. I'm like, oh man, I think he just broke something. (laughs) He's like, who are you? He's like, I'm vengeance. I'm like, oh, goosebumps. Oh boy. And then uh, they showed me all these clips and I'm like, God, nuts. You guys just ruined it. And now I watched it again and I'm going, get out of my head. Well, and they they did that with even the Christopher Nolan trilogy as well, where Christian Bale had on that that voice. And that was kind of the thing that everybody made parodies of. And I would say it affected me a little bit. But honestly, I mean, I still watch those movies all the time. They're still great movies. So I don't I don't think you're going to have too much to worry about when it comes to that. I hope not. Does it make you excited to see more? For sure it does. Yeah. And I mean, this is a reboot also. Yes. <laughs> this is like the show of reboots. Well, <laughs> like the it, show. It's, a, it's, it's not really a reboot as much as it's a new story featuring Batman. I mean, you know, was Joker a reboot? Not really. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like, Joe, the, the Joker movie was a standalone movie. Yeah, the Joker definitely was not a reboot. I mean, I... Because there wasn't an, uh, there wasn't like a pre-existing an Joker yeah. trilogy or anything like that that was standalone that that was um, that they could like say oh we're rebooting this it was the, uh, that was the first time they actually had a villain headlining for DC, but when it comes to the Batman movie, I suppose an argument could be made that maybe this is like a glimpse of like the multiverse of DC where you have different incarnations of the Batman, but Brad, go ahead. I, I want to hear more from you. Yeah, no, I, I thought the trailer was fantastic. It was, um, you know, okay, fine. The Batman voice is dumb. We can all agree to that. You know, it, it's the deep gravelly, whatever, but no, I was very impressed. I'm a big fan. I think Matt Reeves as director has made some tremendous movies. All of the, uh, you know, the new apes movies, all three of those were fantastic. You know, Cloverfield was his first big movie, and that was fantastic. I mean, he, the man makes good movies. You know, he, he puts good people in good spots to, to tell a good story. So I'm excited. I think the trailer, I mean, I saw something the other day that they only shot 25% of the movie before they yeah. got shut down for COVID. And the fact that they were able to put together such a good teaser being so early, so early in the filming process, um, you know, speaks volumes to me. I thought the atmosphere, the mood was fantastic. Um, you know, it, it, at the part where the, the thugs attack Batman and, you know, you're thinking, all right, he's going to hit him once and just knock the guy out. And he just keeps beating the snot out of him. It's like, yeah. oh, OK, we're doing that. I got it. So, um yeah, I'm excited. I, I think, uh, you know, Russ, I know you're going to talk a little bit about the Riddler piece here. But, uh, yeah, I think what they're doing with the movie looks great. I That was easily, for me, the thing that got me most excited coming out of DC fandom. Yeah, I, I'm very excited for this as well. I think that Robert Pattinson, who I will be the first to say early on, I was not happy at all that he got cast. And then seeing him in this, um, that has really raised my level of expectation for him in this role. I think that he has some serious potential as Bruce Wayne um, and Batman. I don't know if he will be as good as some of my personal favorites, which are Michael Keaton and Christian Bale, but I do think that he will certainly be better than George Clooney and Val Kilmer. So I think there's something to be said definitely for that. And well, you can pretty much put anybody in there to be better than George Clooney, Russ. Well, I, I, all I'm saying is, is that my <laughs> my mindset before I saw this trailer was this is the Twilight dude. This is the dude that all like the the, the tween <laughs> age girls were like, ah, you know, so I'm thinking this guy is going to play Batman. Okay. So that that's where I was. Now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, I think this guy's got some some capability here. I, I want to see the official trailer and then I'll be able to kind of make my mind up a bit more. I'm interested I'm in seeing what- I'm going to challenge you, Russ, real quick, before, you, before we, uh, we move on. Go watch The Lighthouse and High Life with uh, Robert Pattinson and I think you're going to feel differently about him. Oh, yeah. I, I actually... I was meaning to see that movie. I'm going to have to check that out. Steve, what were you going to say? I'm curious to see how Colin uh, Farrell is going to be. Yes. Oswald Cobblepot. There is... So, Brad, when we were talking about this film earlier in the week, 
Didn't I bring up how they, how um, after the facial uh, prosthetics yep. that they applied to Colin Farrell, how he ends up looking a lot like that other actor. And I forgot his name again. Richard Kind. That's it. Richard Kind, who was in the Gotham TV show as I believe the commissioner or something like that. I can't remember for sure, but it's weird. Like you, if you do an image Google search and you look up Colin Farrell, Richard kind penguin, you will see people have already put side by side pictures of how Colin Farrell looks in the film next to a headshot of Richard kind. It's like, why didn't they just hire? Well, but at the same time, I'm, you know what? I'm glad that they didn't because I want to see Colin Farrell as Penguin. Again, this is such a casting choice that I did not see coming at all. Like if, if you were to say, hey, Russ, who would you like to see play Penguin next? He would so not be on my radar. <laughs> but what's interesting is, is that Colin Farrell has a, a really nice array of acting chops that I've seen in, in various roles. Um, he was in the, the Guy Ritchie film that came out last year or was, no, was it earlier this year? Maybe it was earlier. I think it was earlier this year. This, this year has been so the insane. The gentleman. Yeah. Oh my God. That movie is fantastic. I love it. It is. It was loved a great it. movie. And Colin Farrell was fantastic too. I loved his, he was probably one of my favorite characters in that film. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he portrays it. I think it's obviously gonna be very different from Danny DeVito, which was direct directed by, or who was directed by, um, Tim Burton. So Tim Burton had his style all over that character. And that was, that was awesome. But I'm, I'm ready to see what they're going to do with, with this particular character. Brad, were you going to add something to that? No, that's right. Colin Farrell played the coach on, uh, in gentlemen. That's right. So yeah. nope, that was good. That was a great movie. One of the other notes and, and Brad, you eluded to this a bit. Um, I'm also very much excited to see the portrayal of the Riddler in this film simply because the Riddler, I feel like gets kind of a bad reputation in the sense that every, every time you see him, he tends to be kind of flamboyant, kind of goofy, goofy guy yeah. has his little crush question mark cane and, Oh, I got a riddle for you. Come <laughs> on. Can you guess it? Batman? <laughs> you know, and in this teaser trailer that completely is not used. It goes, it goes completely off stage. And instead this Riddler comes across to me as a serial killer, as someone who is, you know, they, they still tap into that maniacal egotistical side of the Riddler, but you're seeing a sign that now the Riddler is no one to be laughed at or trifled with or think, Oh, that guy's just annoying. I'll, you know, I'll punch him in the face and, you know, drag him back over to Arkham Asylum, be done with it. Like, I honestly got the movie seven vibes in terms of how the film looked and also how this trailer was presented in that the Riddler is setting up various riddles and stuff, but also it appeared to be within certain crime scenes that he committed. So that got my attention big time um, from the very beginning where like you heard the duct tape being stretched and ripped and, and how the, Warner brothers and DC logos were animated in sequence to like, when you hear the, the scotch tape or scotch tape, the duct tape being um, stretched out, you know, I thought that that was a, a wonderful introduction into this particular trailer. So I I'm, I'm in now I'm like totally in. I would say the one thing is I did feel like Pattinson's Bruce Wayne moments felt a little emo. Like he, he, he seemed kind of more of a slendery, uh, wiry Bruce Wayne. And 
So we'll have to see what happens um, when the final film comes out. But like another example of that is Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man three, when he kind of went all emo and had his hair kind of the same way and almost like that weird black eyeliner thing going. And I don't know, like, like to me, it's like, I don't know if that's necessarily Bruce Wayne, but that's really the only critique I have of an otherwise really good trailer. So going into some other, um, I have a couple more items here on, on my list as it applies to different movies. These were not trailers, but these, these were announcements. First of all, Shazam Fury of the Gods had its title revealed. So we now know that they are in fact green lighting and moving on with a Shazam 2 sequel. Steve, what are your thoughts on that? I'm I'm not too excited about it. I What? I I, I don't know. I <laughs> You liked the first Shazam. I was entertained by the first Shazam, but it wasn't anything special. I, uh, you I see uh, you didn't say it right. Shazam! There you go. Okay, so um <laughs> Brad, I hope I didn't blow out your speakers. Anyway, <laughs> so I didn't know what I was really watching. I, I clicked on the link and I bloated it up. I'm like, okay, you know, another Shazam movie. Okay, here we go. What, I mean, is this a game? Is this a movie? I mean, it says it's a movie, but I mean, I'm seeing still images, uh, drawn still images with The Rock's voice. And then at the end, he just kind of has his little monologue and that's oh that. no, you're thinking of oh, black you're on, adam you're on the wrong movie man this is i'm talking about shazam 2 shazam i clicked on i don't know i the link that you sent me i clicked on it and it and it brought swear, me to the same honey, thing i just clicked on the link i didn't know what it was gonna go to <laughs> that it was uh th that was the black adam announcement the the shazam 2 is the one with uh zachary levi as um uh, Shazam, as you know, the big red suit with the the golden uh, lightning strike. No, no, I symbol. know which one. Yeah, yeah. I clicked. I don't know. Maybe I clicked <laughs> on the wrong thing. I don't know. Maybe I, don't, I think I have something else to watch tonight. Well, and again, there's really nothing to watch. It's literally just the the announcement that hey, here is our official name to the sequel movie that we're working on. So, like, instead of of it being kind of the rumor mill of oh, we think they're making a Shazam part two. Now it's official that it has come out. So. Um, Bradley, what did you, you saw the first Shazam movie, oh, right? God, I loved the first one. That was, that may actually still be my favorite movie in the DCU, um, or DCEU. I, I thoroughly enjoyed Shazam big smile on my face the entire time. I thought it was great. Um, yeah. so I'm excited for a new one. You know, I hope it doesn't turn into just more of the same, you know, big type jokes, you know, I'm a kid, I'm an adult, you know, but, um, I'm excited. I That's definitely one I can go for a sequel on. Now, another film that also got the official green light is the fact that Aquaman 2 is still in the works. They're oh, still uh, pushing ahead quite a bit. They were talking about how they are going to take a little more of a serious tone to this movie, which I think is good. I think that was kind of the, the one critical thing about or maybe like the main critical thing about the first Aquaman movie was that despite the fact that it was a very enthusiastic movie. And I think people appreciated how you could feel like the enthusiasm from the director and from the, the actors in the movie, it was a bit goofy in its own kind of way. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do it. I'm always a big fan of Jason Momoa. I think they need to definitely use him 
as opposed to just like shelving the Aquaman sequel for another five or 10 years. Like, no, dude, like we need to crank this stuff out. I want to, I want some more Momoa. And so I'm looking forward to that. What say you, Steve? I'm glad they are going to take a more serious tone with it. I, I need some Jason Mimosa. <laughs> uh, more like we see him in like Frontier, for example, on, on Netflix versus, um, you know, just kind of like hopping and skipping around. I'm a hero kind of deal. Uh, he's plus- so awesome <laughs> to watch on screen, though. He's such a bro, but it, like he's like the kind of bro that you want to like. Yeah. like I, I would never drink a 40, but I would just do it because he's there <laughs> with his huge like bicep arm around. Me. He's like, come on, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think we need more of, of the movies coming out before we have another like Justice League movie. Uh, and so, I mean, I, I would love to see another Aquaman uh, movie, but I, I definitely wanted them. I think I said this back when the first one came out. Like I, I wanted I, the jokes are fine, but I wanted to be more serious. Yeah. And so this one I'm going to be looking forward to. Brad, I, I don't recall if you liked the first Aquaman movie or if you even saw it. Oh, you cut out for a second. Sorry. What was that, Russ? I, I was just, I was asking you, I, I was saying um, that I don't recall if you had seen the first Aquaman movie. And if so, if you had even really liked it or not, did you, did you see the first Aquaman oh, yeah. movie? I, I thought it was one of the worst pieces of garbage ever put on a screen <laughs> that made money. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, they can take it and shelve it for 10 years uh, I, I was not a fan. In case you couldn't tell by my comment, I, I was not a fan of the first Aquaman movie. Um, yeah, it, it is. I, I thought the dialogue was awful. I thought the plot was boring. There are scenes where characters change costumes out of... No- it's like, oh my God, what are we doing here, guys? Um, <laughs> so I, it did not land for me. I will just say that. Um, so that that is... Yeah, if I if I were to rate all of the movies in the DC universe, that, that's probably smack dab at the bottom for me. Um, so I'm okay. Never low Suicide Squad. Woo! Uh, no, I would I would rather watch. If you gave me the choice right now, you can watch Aquaman or Suicide Squad without a hesitation. I would watch Suicide Squad without hesitation. Oh, man, so man. it's not even close. I <laughs> man. <laughs> Aquaman and I like James Wan. I like the director. He's done some great movies, but um, that was not one of them. That was not one of them. Um, so the f- oh, did you have anything else? Nope, I could go on forever. I'm good. I think my opinion is <laughs> I, my opinion has been heard. So the final thing I have on my list here is that I did watch a panel that had Jim Lee as well as some of the other head honchos within the Warner Brothers DC partnership. And what I thought was particularly interesting was it seemed to revolve a bit around the idea of utilizing Flash to be able to make some changes within the DCU. And they didn't actually confirm anything necessarily, but I thought it was worth mentioning that I think the Flash character is going to become more and more of a centerpiece for how they move forward long-term with the narrative, both in TV as well as film. And I think that's a very good thing. I think, you know, because, you know, as we all know with a flash, he's able to, to go so fast. He can actually go back in time. He can make alterations. And then that's kind of one of the driving purposes in his own standalone story within the comics. And I think that they are seriously taking a look at how they can, 
leverage this character in such a way where it could make for some really spectacular um, kind of crossroads with various types of stories. And I think they looked at the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse as inspiration for that and looked at how DC already has their established multiverse. And I think what they're going to do, and I think this is actually a shrewd move. And again, this is pure speculation at this point, but I have a feeling they are going to be wanting to try and green light multiple versions of these well-established characters and their narratives and stuff to just, just to be able to give the opportunity to show off different versions of Superman on earth 29 versus one or Batman on earth 13 or whatever it is, or wonder woman or whatever. And especially if they do it in such a way where they're able to interweave all of these multiverses into something more spectacular and epic. I think that that could be really, really fun. And they, they talked about, I, I guess on the flash TV show, they showed a scene where the flash from the JLA movie right. meets the TV show counterpoint uh, counterpart. And I, I, I still have yet to, I, I need to watch that. I, I've heard that the, the flash TV show is actually really good, but in that instance with that scene, I was really glued to the screen because I loved how they made it a point to connect the two actors from the TV world and the movie world together in that moment where like they have the same kind of personality ish and they were like, you know, like, like checking out each other's suits. Like one goes like, man, yours is, I like your suit. It's so squishy. He's like, Oh, yours is so armored and plated. And like, <laughs> I don't know. I loved the self-awareness that they had with that. And my mind just exploded with different possibilities of where they could take that. And I just wanted to get, um, Brad, let's go to you first. I wanted to get your opinion on like, if they were to launch some sort of multiverse campaign that let's say, for instance, it's like a 10 year long movie TV type of campaign that, that intertwines them all together, not only with the flash, but with the entire roster of characters and multiple versions of the characters. Would that interest you? Yeah, I mean, that, that was essentially what they did, right? Because that was the crisis on infinite Earths. I always struggle on saying that. Crisis on infinite Earths program that they did where they were interacting characters from Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman, Arrow, Flash, and then they pulled, you know, then they pulled the DCEU Flash into, the, into it as well. So that was kind of their introduction. I mean, they're essentially doing that already. So the idea behind that is sound. And I, I like the idea that they're kind of, you know, capitalizing or leaning into the whole, hey, we've got multiple Earths and multiple, um, um, you know, multiple Earths that we're working with and multiple universes and timelines. So I, I think it sounds great. I hope it works well. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I'm definitely for it. Um, I still have to watch. It's on my queue. It's in my queue, Russ, mm. to watch. But yeah, no, I mean, if they, uh, I just want them to make great movies with all the heroes that we love, you know? So, I mean, I I couldn't uh, care less who, what, you know, what actor they, they choose as long as they have a, do a wonderful job and, and respect the story, respect the comic, respect the vision. Um, I'm, I'm down for whatever. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm wanting to invest time into what they've done so far, just so I can have a better idea of 
what they've established versus what they could be doing in the future. And I think it's, I think it's a great opportunity for them to be able to bring in multiple actors for the same type of role, because at that point, you could literally take your pick, like which which Batman is your favorite, you know, which Wonder Woman is your favorite, which storyline is your favorite. You know, I, I think that the main crux of that type of approach is going to be you have to make it in such a way where it's not just there to be there, but that there needs to be this compelling purpose that will be revealed down the, the road, you know, multiple years from now and that sort of thing. But I thought it was worth mentioning. So what I'd like to do to wrap things up is I'd like to find out from each of you, what was the one announcement that got you most excited that that was your favorite? Steve, what was your favorite? I would still have to say Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, Wonder 1984. Wonder Woman still got my ghoulies going. All right. And why is that? I I'm, I'm was a huge fan of the first movie, and this one uh, looks like has a wonderful story. Uh, Gal Gadot just takes my breath away when she's on screen. She, <laughs> she, she is Wonder Woman, and everything that I've seen so far with it, uh, I love, and... Yeah, I, I, I can't wait. I'm excited. Bradley? I, I mentioned it earlier, but the Batman was my, you know, my big takeaway. Um, you know, I didn't expect to get a full teaser. I thought we'd just get a couple, you know, quick snippets. Um, the tone, the atmosphere, you know, the characters, it, it, everything about it just hit right for me. So that that's my big takeaway. I think for me, it's a bit of a toss up between Rocksteady's Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League trailer and the Batman trailer. I think those two, uh, I mean, it's it's no secret that I'm a huge fan of the Batman character, but I'm also a huge fan of what Rocksteady has done in the past. And so to see both of those really stood head and shoulders for me above the other announcements. But having said that, I have to say I was really impressed with the presentation that was put forth by DC and WB for this, because there were a number, I mean, like most of, of, of these announcements that we covered on, on the podcast here um, were great announcements to be had for sure. And I mean, this is barely the tip of the iceberg. They had so many panels. There, there was so much content that I haven't even had a chance to even go through and digest. And I, I hope that someone will make it available on YouTube if it's not available already. But I think it's, it's great that the fact that SDCC was not open this year for all the, the fans to go and check out stuff in person. I thought this was a wonderful presentation. I do think it's a bit bittersweet in the sense that right before this happened, that DC had some massive layoffs um, that involved a lot of, of high ranking members within the company. And so I'm hoping that they're able to, to push forward and that the morale um, is able to recover. And especially I hope that the folks who lost their jobs are able to find something else really fast in this type of uh, economic uh, job COVID climate. So um, we definitely wish the best for them. But overall, I, I, I am really, really happy with what was what was shown there. And I'm curious to know if Marvel has anything planned or if we missed Marvel's presentation. Do you know, Brad, offhand, if Marvel has anything in the wings or if they've already done something? Because if they did, it blew by my personal radar. 
they they didn't have anything like this as a as a replacement for Comic Con. Um, you know, so here's my interesting question. On that same note, if you're DC, do you spend the money to go back to SDCC and Comic Con, or do you just do this annually, where you can reach more people? You've got a worldwide audience, and you know it's potentially cheaper than what they traditionally put on at uh, at SDCC. So it's going to be interesting to see how this year changes conventions in the future. And I think that that's a wonderful note to end with in that it's a very fair question. And if I were to add any, anything to it, it would just be that the nice thing about the in-person stuff is that while it is more expensive, most likely it is treated in part as a a press junket for any type of like major uh, announcements or like when you have the celebrities come and interact with the fans and stuff, I do think there is something special with that, but no, I think, I think you bring up a, a very sound point as it applies to being able to be cheaper for the company, make more sense, have it, have them reach a international audience with that. So we will, we'll definitely see uh, what they do next year, but that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. I want to thank our good buddy Brad for coming in and hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, which is spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M, and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will see you all next week.